What's up, world? Welcome back to Authentically Us, the podcast where we talk about what it means to be authentic in everything that you do in all the spaces you occupy. I'm one of the co-hosts here. I'm Conroy, and we got Tony. Tony, say what's up to the people. What's going on, everybody? Lean in, get ready. Lean in and get ready. First of all, shout out to MSW Media. Thank you so much for having us on your platform. Also, guys, give us a review. We need your support. We're asking for it at this point. Give us a review. Share it with somebody. And tell three people. Four. Maybe five. Maybe five about our podcast. Oh, speaking of five, only five star reviews, please. Fire, Tony. Guys, let's jump into this uh, episode today. It's going to be a great one. Stay to the end because we got a cool little quiz at the end. Guys, welcome. We have a wonderful guest today, special guest. We have Taylor Marie on the podcast today. She is a fitness and wellness coach. She is also a podcast host of Enough Daily. Taylor, welcome to the podcast. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes, we're excited. And I, and I, what I really wanted to jump into um, was how I we we came about this podcast. So I work at Orange Theory, and I'm not sure if you still work at Orange Theory, but I know, I you know used that's to. how we like met. <laughs> yes, yes. So there's an Orange Theory world, and I was thinking, Tony, this is when I was thinking about moving back home a couple yes. of years ago, and I was like, you know what, I can work at Orange Theory. And then I hit Taylor up. You She's like, yeah, can. come out. I, that's true. That's true. She's like, come was, on out. We have uh-huh. no guys coaching. <laughs> right. I was a head coach at the time. And I remember you reaching out to me. And yeah, maybe if I make it to the West Coast, then I could get a job where you're at. <laughs> oh, yeah. We got plenty of uh, uh, positions for you. Don't worry. There's plenty of studios out here to come out to the West Coast. Okay. Anyways, um, yes, we're we're excited because I saw that you have a podcast, which we'll get into but we want to pull back a little bit before we jump into that stuff. But we want to talk about um, kind of like where you grew up and what was your upbringing like? Yeah, so I was uh, born and raised in Pennsylvania, but specifically East Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania, if you're familiar with that area. Um, but it's also known as Mount Poconos. So I know people have like some people know the Tannersville area, um, like I said, Stroudsburg, Allentown, like that whole vicinity over there. But specifically, I was raised um, in Tannersville and Mount Pocono. Uh, and then from there, I lived there up until the eighth grade. And then I moved to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, um, right before high school. So then I kind of managed to live here ever since. I'm looking to move to warmer weather. Um, but no, I had like a really, really great childhood and just there's nothing really much in the Poconos. Um, so I will say, at least for growing up wise, just always being outside and playing with friends. My mom always was, you know, very adventurous. I was always into sports and things like that. So, you know, my upbringing in the Poconos was it was it was really good. What high school did you go to in Harrisburg? <laughs> oh, golly. I went to Middletown. Middletown. Okay. Yeah. So Tony and I went to Chambersburg. So, but we never had to experience Middletown. So there's no bad blood. <laughs> I, I, You're I was not gonna, missing anything. Yeah. I was like, man, this this could go far left if she went to like, <laughs> right? certain school, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's awesome. I'm I'm so 
so glad to hear, you know, we hear about the Poconos. If people don't know where the Poconos are, um, there's a lot of like people own houses out there because it's like mm. big houses and it's like out in the middle of nowhere, right? Yes. Or mountains, is. I guess. A lot of um every time I go up and visit, I'm just like, oh God, how did I live here? But you know, when you're young, you're not driving. You don't really yeah. realize how far apart things are. And it's just like long roads to get to like the grocery store. So that's why <laughs> yeah. I said being a kid growing up there was fine, but being an adult and probably having to navigate, I would probably not, not enjoy it very much. <laughs> Although, have you ever been to Kalahari? That's the new one. No, yeah. I, when I was living there, it was still Great Wolf Lodge. Yeah. Um, my wife and I like going to Kalahari often. So okay. yeah. when you talk about Poconos, that's where my mind goes to. A lot of people think of the resorts. They're known for that. So, yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, so talk to us about what got you into the fitness world and coaching. So the fit, well, even before fitness, I didn't even think I was going to get into this industry. I was actually going for criminal justice um, at the time. And I had moved away to Atlanta, Georgia, kind of left that behind to finish out my year. And I literally, I think I only had like five more credits left to get my criminal justice degree. Moved away. And then while I was away, working out just became like a regimen and habit of mine. So when I moved back, I was like, okay, I could go back to school. I even went to the police academy and everything to get um, the application. And I really did think hard about it. But I was like, like I, I just don't, I couldn't see myself doing it anymore because it was going to be a police officer or a correctional officer. But I just couldn't, I didn't have the passion anymore to put myself in that line of work. Um but I knew where my passion was at the that time of my life was I was so intrigued and interested by the the working out. And that's like way before it was even like a fad thing. Now everybody's doing it. Everybody's making videos on it. Um, So I was like, you know, what? why not switch my major and and go for it? And at the time, I was like, I don't I didn't know what I could go to school for it. Um, so I was looking into exercise science or the kinesiology part. So I decided to um, look in to both interests and the exercise science kind of seemed like it was more interested. I was more interested in it. Um, so that's when I went to the community college near me. And then I changed my major to exercise science. And then from there, I got my first personal training job at Gold's. Um, oh, well. I needed to get my certification, but my first certification was the the little quick one that everyone gets, like the ISSA one, mm -hmm. um, just to get my foot in the door. Because I remember when I was personal training, I was still putting myself through school. I wasn't graduated yet. Um, then finally graduated. And then I was kind of doing my own thing then. And then that's kind of where like the whole Taylor by Marie developed, kind of platforming my fitness brand in there. And then... Orange Theory picked me up. So that's kind of how I got into the whole coaching, fitness coaching. Um, Orange Theory came into our town. We were like, what the heck is that? Um, it was a new thing. So that was about five years ago. And they were like, hey, we're opening this facility. We're looking for coaches. Would you be interested? So that's how I got my foot in the door there. Was there for four years. And then I was actually let go of. Um, and it's crazy because it, it does all have to do 
around with like the mental health stuff. Um, but you know, I think it was it it was time, and it was good for me because uh, I don't I don't know if this ever would have blossomed. I don't know if I would ever had to push myself out of my comfort zone to dive deeper into the Taylor by Marie and then kind of enough coming about out of that. So that's kind of how the whole fitness world came in my life. It sounds like it was like destined, you know, right? I, I know you mentioned earlier that you did sports, but what sports did you do? Uh, basketball growing up. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's a, it, it was almost like a, it was, it was a part of you, even like going in wanting to be like a police officer or a correction officer, you, you still have to be in some type of shape. Um, but you you mentioned about mental health and I wanted to kind of jump into that. Tony and I are like big proponents of uh, mental health. And um, that's one of the reasons why we created this podcast, people to share their stories. Um, how much of fitness and or mental health and physical health have been a part of your life? And were there any like, I mean, you mentioned one crucial moment with, with Orange Theory, but were any crucial moments that you're like, wow, me still being consistent helped me get through whatever. Mm, boy, I would say, I think me being consistent with what? How do I answer this? I think the main thing was like getting out of your own way. Mm -hmm. And I, I mm. still today am in my own way. Like, it's almost like you get so stuck in, um, behavioral familiar patterns that you just keep constantly going back to and you know in the back of your head it's wrong you know in the back of your head it's this is not going to get me to where I want to be this is not going to get me to the the woman I see and I and I'm still working on that um you know I think we all envision ourselves to be this powerful female or male that maybe we're just not there yet um, and I think that's all a part of the journey of really kind of putting our egos to the side and being our, our authentic self and being able to be self-aware. And that's kind of what I really um, own on is is self-awareness, because I think before I was never self-aware. I think mm -hmm. I was so used to blaming others for like my issues and why I was in this position. And that's kind of where I realized, like, I think I started becoming more mature and wiser when I stopped blaming others for my my problems. And then I started taking a little bit deeper look. Now, it didn't happen all overnight. And, you know, I learned a little bit more and more. And um, it wasn't until about like a year ago where I really decided to like, OK, let's let's peel back these layers. Like what's going on? that why I am the way I am, why am I having these issues or constant, um, like I was saying, like constant patterns. So what are some ways you're, you are doing that? Like, cause I, I feel like your story is so relatable, especially for anybody, like I would say late twenties, early thirties, <laughs> like your story is so relatable. So like for a person listening, like and they're like, man, I, I, how can I peel back layers? Like, what are some practical things you are, you are doing? Well, I love that you say that because sometimes I'm like, sometimes I feel like I'm not relatable. And maybe that's why it took me so long to do the podcast where I'm just like, oh, 
no, no one's gonna, who's gonna, you know, but it is nice to hear people relate to it and understand and love what I'm doing. So it does give me um, more of that purpose. But um, to answer your question, what was it? It was what, what have I been doing? Like the cope, yeah. my coping style and skills well, you, you mentioned about peeling back layers like what what have you been doing to get deeper and peel back those layers? Mm, just really sitting down with my therapist and and saying all right what do we got to do i'm throwing the mm. white flag even though like i said i'm not perfect and i still may fall back into like unhealthy patterns i think there was a day where i, I just sat down and was like i don't want to be like this anymore I don't want to put my happiness in intimate relationships um, because then when they're gone, you have nothing left. It's like you placed a home in somebody. So when that somebody leaves, you're left homeless. And it's, you know, it's it's hard. And I think I think at the end of the day, we all want to be loved. We all want to feel like we're enough for somebody. Um, but I think the hardest part was for me is and I know it goes back to like, you just got to feel like you're enough for yourself um, first. And then that's where like the peeling back the layers, like, why don't you feel like you're enough for yourself? Um, let's t tap into childhood. So to revert back to that, even though I did say I had, you know, a great childhood growing up and I, before I dive into the layers, I would always think like, well, I don't understand. Like I had a great childhood growing up. Like what, what went wrong? My parents were great. And, um, you know, it really just has to go back with subconscious things or being adopted. And, you know, then that goes into like abandonment issues. And, but when you're a child, you don't, you don't think about that stuff. And, um, that's kind of why I always say to let's heal our inner child because I know there's you know there's a lot of people out there that have been adopted that could have a beautiful upbringing and is blessed for the parents that took them in and raised them as they were their own but the unfortunate part of that is it could come with the byproduct of subconsciously maybe not feeling like you're not enough for somebody or, you know, I think mine truly stems from me losing my dad at such a young age. So I was constantly looking for this, like, I won't say father figure, but this um, fatherly love I was missing, you know, growing up and you never having an example of that. So you're constantly like trying to look for that mm -hmm. in someone. So I think um, that's kind of where enough came from me entertaining emotionally unavailable men which would then lead me into feeling like I'm not enough mm -hmm. but then it becomes this like route of okay you're not emotionally available for me but I'm gonna prove that I am enough to you mm -hmm. when you become emotionally available for me mm -hmm. and I think that's the biggest thing that I've learned in therapy and peeling back the layers he said to me, he's, I said, well, why is that? Like, why do I somehow, it's almost like I got a big old sign in my head, like, come talk to me. You don't want to be with me? Come talk to me. <laughs> like, and it's like a, if I get this person to want to be with me, then I'm enough. Mm. It's like you're proving yourself you're enough. Um. Mm. 
through somebody else. It's like, yeah. in order for me to feel like I'm enough, I have to get that person to want me exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, which I feel like is exhausting. And it sounds like you got right. to that point. It's right. exhausting. Mm-hmm. It's so, draining. Yeah. So you you talked about your inner child in um on the enough daily instagram page uh in the bio you talk about healing your inner child talk to us about why that's important oof well because here i am at the age of 30 and it's you know affected me in in so many different ways it affects affects my affects my work it affects the relationships i'm in and it affects emotionally available men that do want to bring me true genuine love um you know and i think my everybody's story is going to be different i'm sure there's somebody out there that can relate to mine and that's why i just want to be so authentic and and open um because i know it's not easy and it feels very lonesome and you feel like, Oh, I'm crazy. Or I'm like a weirdo or nobody, nobody goes through this. Um, you know, and I think just talking to different people and opening up and knowing they go through it too. And it may, like I said, not be exactly what I'm going through. It may not be like the codependency love addiction thing. It could be, and I always say this, mental health is such a big umbrella. Um, you could be going through anxiety or depression due to body dysmorphia, due to, um, I don't know, you being sexually abused when you were a child. But it, it all feels the same, you know? So mm-hmm. that's why I think as a community, like you may not understand what it may feel like to have a panic attack or be depressed over somebody not wanting you, but you can still have that same feeling with your issue. Um, and I think that's kind of where I, I try to bring it all together. Mm. So we don't feel so alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. First of all, thank you for sharing all this. I think, I think your story is valuable and that's one of right. the reasons why uh, we wanted to have you on because like, I feel like your your story, what you've what you're going through, what you've gone through is so needed and needs to be heard. Mm. Um, especially we had another guy who was on our podcast. I went through the foster care system and just hearing his story and the amount of people who can relate to that, you know, mm-hmm. or even being being adopted, like that's a specific type of person, but there's a lot of them. Yeah. So, I just want to encourage you to keep sharing your story. Keep, keep talking about it, even if it's uncomfortable, you know, mm-hmm. and I, and this whole love addiction thing, like, oh my gosh, TV tells us to do it. Right. 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 <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I love that you're, you're talking about that because I felt, I know in my life, I've had similar situations where, you know, growing up with crazy families and so mm-hmm. I guess specifically it's the father aspect now that I think about it, that have not having that father there. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to find somebody else to want me. Mm, yeah. And, right. and then when they're not there, it's like, wow, I guess, I guess I'm not enough. Yeah. Yeah. 
and it's, it's so freaking hard though it sucks yeah. right. <laughs> right it takes a lot of work and a lot of um just digging deep within who you are mm -hmm. and i i had to i had to really take three months just to myself and like i made like 10 things that i'm not going to do or do within 90 days and it really helped me just find peace because i think it's mm -hmm. so hard to just nowadays everybody at the end of the day just wants peace and we want to be happy but in today's culture and society it just makes it 10 times harder what yeah some of so, those things so when um when lately have you felt enough good question huh? i feel enough when i am able to i feel enough when i'm able to be okay by myself and not not reach out to get that validation because it is like it is like a it's an addiction like you will literally just find some type of communication or some it could be the smallest little validation to get that quick fix to make yourself just feel at peace so when I know that like I know I'm feeling that or like I'm saying to myself, oh, no, I want to reach out because if I do, it'll make me feel better. But then when I get to a point where I'm like, I feel like I conquered it by myself and I'm like, I'm OK. Then then I'm like, yeah, OK, I could do this. I'm enough. Mm -hmm. I don't need that person to make me feel OK. And it's the hardest battle that I think I, I go through is knowing that I can comfort myself and not rely on um somebody else to do it and I, I think i think that's powerful to get to that place because uh, it's not it's not easy <laughs> it's not easy to and be, some days i'm not there yeah. at that place you know yeah. i'm not like i said i'm not fully 100 percent healed but i'm more aware yeah and i i think that's the the power in that mm. it, yeah, it's all about progression, not perfection. Mm -hmm. Is that now? Is that where I am enough started or came from? Like your your brand, your podcast. Yes. Mm -hmm. Just not feeling like like I'm enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's let's talk about that podcast because that's what uh, sparked my interest. Um, what made you start it and? What is it about? This is where you promo the heck out of yourself right now. <laughs> um, what's it about? Um, what can people expect when they tune into it? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the podcast is Enough Daily. It's on Spotify and Apple. So what it's about is I wanted to integrate all my specialties and all my areas of all these years of learning and, and things like so, that. So it's not just a, a mental health self-development podcast. Is that the majority of what it is? Yes. However, I want to implicate the nutrition side of it and also the physical piece side of it. Because throughout my journey, it's not just one thing that 
got me to my healing. It has to be all three. Um, because if one's off, I feel like the other one's going to be off. So trying to focus on each of those to just be our best selves. Um, and it, it's all connected because what you're eating, if you're eating processed foods and sugary foods and all that's going to do is increase your anxiety. It's going to increase your depression. So it's all linked. So if we're trying to master our mind and heal ourselves and become better, then we have to also then get our nutrition in check. You can't try to heal mentally and, and and still be like eating burgers and stuff on the side. I mean, don't get me wrong. When I get sad or stuff, sometimes I do emotionally eat. and But hey, that's okay. We can have a day to ourselves to do that. And I oh, think- yeah. I think that sometimes we don't give ourselves grace. Like we don't think it's okay to just be sad for a full day. And I realized that like, I, I try to listen to my body, but I, I don't want it to take over. So if I decide, okay, I'm going to have a day where I'm just sad. I'm going to eat whatever I want for, because that's what you have to pay attention to too, because I do know emotionally eating is another way of coping. So if you're not very aware of that and you keep doing that, then that's going to be an unhealthy coping skill, um, which we all have. So mine, one of mine was was cutting. And that's kind of how the enough symbol with the slashes, that's how that was created. So that's kind of where um, that came from. So I think we just have to be very aware, like, okay, if you're going to do this, it's okay, but just monitor it to where you know you it's not going to become an every time thing when you are feeling this way. But it took me a long time to get there. So I would not recommend that probably for somebody starting out because they probably don't have that much um, self-awareness or self-discipline. Mm. Um, so I used to smoke like a lot of weed. And I thought that was the answer. Like, oh, I have anxiety. Oh, I mean, I have depression. I'm just, I'm just going to smoke. But now like researching about it and it actually makes, makes it worse in the long, in long term. Um, so do I do it sometimes? Yeah, but very rare, very rare, just because I know the research of it and the, and, and how it can affect me um, in the long run. So like I'm, saying once you have i think some skin in the game of your healing process and you're like very aware and do your research then maybe if you're like okay i'm I'm gonna just have a day to myself i'm gonna do this but tomorrow i'm gonna pick back up or i'm gonna try to get back on the the self-healing um course then i i would say that that's okay yeah so so what does wellness mean to you? Wellness is well kind of like I was I was talking about. I think enough is is all of wellness because this is the three pillars that I believe in that's going to make us feel at our best selves. Um which is the nutrition, working out, and that could be anything for you. It doesn't have to be lifting weights. It could be anything that's going to get your heart rate up. Um, so I think people just have to find what that is for them. It could be taking a walk, it could be going on a hike, it could be 
I don't know, playing sports with your kids or whomever, just get active, get your heart rate up, um, get your nutrition in check, and then just start working on self-development practices. So that's kind of what the podcast is going to entail of not only what I do for myself, um, but also things that can better um, the brain. So getting sunlight in the morning is so important. Um, Types of foods you can eat to be increasing the dopamine and serotonin within your brain. So just little things like that, that people may not even know of that we can go the holistic route about instead of just quickly smoking the weed or taking the pill to, to cope. Mm. But that's just not setting us up um, for the long run, just so it's, it's temporary. So you're a wellness and would you say you're a holistic coach as well? Mm-hmm. More nutrition coach, but I, I like to go the more holistic mm-hmm. route. So what are some best practices you would say you can give somebody to, I mean, you mentioned one is about getting sunlight in the morning, but like, mm-hmm. what are some best practices that somebody can literally implement like tomorrow? They're like, they hear this podcast. They're like, oh, I can, I can do that. I can get, I can go out and get sunlight. You know, what are, what are some best practices? If you could name like, I don't know, three. <laughs> um. Well, some, and what sucks is some people can't get the sunlight. That's true. So, uh, and that, and that's hard for me um, because there's some days where I'm just like, dang, I feel like I haven't seen the sun in like, a whole week um and i do notice the difference so in my moods when i wake up and the sun is shining and you know they say like get in the sun like get in it i mean don't look directly in it but get in the sun increases um dopamine and the serotonin gets you ready for your day uh, if you can't maybe get a um a bright light therapy light lamp light i do have one of those that i put on sometimes um, and they say to sit in it for about like 30 minutes, 34, 45 minutes. That's if you're not getting a lot of, a lot of sun. Um, so that's one journaling. Journaling's a good thing. Some people at first journaling, I was, I was opposed to it. And there's a lot of things that I do now that I was like, mm, eh, it's not working. It's not working. I, I don't, I don't like it. but it's kind of like with anything right and I always relate this back to the fitness world because that's kind of all I know with how when you go to the gym it's not going to happen overnight you have to keep going with it so the whole journaling piece and sometimes it's I think we're so in our thoughts but when we physically write what we're thinking down it's a way of us Uh, just getting out so just know if you feel like when you're journaling it's not like doing anything for you subconsciously it really is and what's nice about that is you can always reflect back on what you were thinking or what you were feeling and being able to process your feelings and thoughts because a lot of people don't know how to process as well so journaling is a good one and then another one that was hard for me in the beginning but has I definitely noticed the benefits is meditating. Mm. Mm-hmm. I would say if you're just give it a try, even if it's one, even if you're like, Meh, 
I don't know. I don't like it. My mind's everywhere. I can't do it. Do your research then. Like, do your research and just know the benefits. This is like the same thing with eating good. There's benefits to it. So I think if, if people know the true benefits of something, they'll do it. And I think sometimes people are just like, oh, people say meditating so good for you. But like, but why? And, you know, really helps us rewire our brain, rewire the neurotransmitters. But you have to like, just like anything in life, gym, nutrition, just be consistent and the benefits will reap um, in the long term. So those are the main things that I like try to be consistent with. I know cold therapy is good as well to increase uh, dopamine levels um, if you're in the morning. So if you want to take a cold shower, it's hard. If you're not, <laughs> if you're not into that type of thing, you can work your way to just putting like your hands in ice cold um, water. So some type of therapy, you don't have to plunge your whole body and be like super uncomfortable. But if you just get a, say like a bowl, a big bowl or a bucket of ice water and submerge your hands, cause you're training your body to be under stress. So if you submerge your hands in there and then really focus on breathing, then you're bringing your heart rate down. So then when your body starts to incorporate that flight or fight response, then you're going to be kind of, it's almost like you're training your your body had to calm down when it's submerged mm. in there. So you guys are getting put on to all this game. So it <laughs> oh, seems yeah. like you're a, you're a big researcher and it also seems like you're a why person. And yeah. I think you made a, I think you made a very important statement earlier that most people are likely to do something when there's a why attached to it. And mm. I, I mean, I'm in the fitness world, you're in the fitness world. And it's like, I, we can get people to do a lot of things once they figure out what their why is. Once you figure out what your why is, perfect. Let's get you there. Like, why are you here? Mm -hmm. Why are you coming in the gym? Why are you reaching out to you about nutrition? And once you get the why, like the real root of the why, it's like super powerful. Mm -hmm. And you'll uh, keep doing it too then. Exactly. Right. Yep. Right. Yep. It's so, easier to stay consistent with it. That being said, I wanted to know what is your why and <laughs> what what keeps you going? What what is getting you to to start these this new these new things? Like what what would you say your why is? My why is just giving people hope. Um I just want to be an outlet for others to cuz I know a lot of people you know, may come out with their stories or give the blueprint to this and that. And I'm all about that. I, you know, there's influencers and self-development coaches that, that are pioneers to me that all this information that I'm learning from books and just po different podcasts, I'm literally just trying to retain all this information, not only for myself and my healing, but for others. So I just, that's my why I, I don't, I want people to maybe have to suffer a little less, um, not as long, um, for as long as it took me to kind of figure out. So if someone could just, you know, 
find my podcast or Instagram or my story and it gives them hope to just not give up, that's enough for me. So I want to real quick go back to fitness. What is the most challenging thing that you've accomplished in terms of fitness? Hmm. Like physically or just in my career wise? Just in your career. <sighs> and then I want to know physically too. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Conroy, you might laugh at this one. Honestly, I think the most phys- in my fitness career, the most challenging thing I've overcome was uh, being an orange theory coach on the mic. Yeah, no, I, didn't I get think it. I was going to be able to do it. Yeah. But what's crazy is it was a, literally a catalyst for me to be here now speaking in front of you guys. Like when we had to go through our little tryouts and things, they'd be mm-hmm. like, all right. And I'd be like, a deer in headlights, deer in headlights. And I'm just like, oh my God, I can't do this. I'm never going to be able to do this. And just looking at the templates, I'm like, so I think that was probably the thing that I overcame was speaking um in a group in public um going on stage in different events um yeah and it, and it's great cuz it, i think it only prepared me for future so yeah and uh physically yeah <laughs> um i don't know maybe doing pull-ups or maybe doing a dry try yeah just a half just a half a dry try. That's the only one I was going to do. What is a dry try? So a dry try is like a little mini marathon that Orange Theory comes up with. So it's, let me see if I can still remember. It's a, um, oh, if you're doing the full dry try, it's a 2,000 meter row, mm-hmm. 300 body weighted reps on the floor, and then a 5K on the treadmill. Look and then the, let's see. And the um, the half. Well, the what was it on the, the other sprint. one? The sprint, sprint is yeah. just half of that. Yeah, I. It's funny because I literally just got done coaching and we. I just got done talking about that. So, <laughs> um, but to be honest, I think for a female to go through an Orange Theory audition and make it is like is so wonderful to watch because I know a lot of friends who went through the audition process and they're great coaches, but like, like you said, we're deer in headlights and they just couldn't get through it. And you're right. It does prepare you. You, We talk in front of people. Literally we talk for an hour straight Mm -hmm. in front of people. They're looking at us. Oh yeah. Looking at you for, for direction, for answers. And you're right. It did prepare you. Cause like even watching you and listening to you in your podcast. And even as we're in this one right now, it's like you're you're confident and that's really cool to see. And I'm sure it took work to get there. Oh, yeah. A lot of repetition. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I, when you said that, I'm like, uh, yep, I, I knew when you said I'm going to I'm going to laugh at that. Laugh. I knew exactly what you were going to say. Yeah. Um, We did want to close before we uh, transition to our next segment. Um, What does it mean for you to be authentically you? It means 
to me, just not just being unapologetically me. Um, and I think I've always been that way. And I think, you know, a lot of people have come up to me and just, you know, said, I've just always appreciated how authentic you were. And I, I don't think I ever knew how to be anything else, but just genuine. And, and I think my biggest, um, flex, or you want to say double-edged sword is how hard I think I love and how authentic mm. I just want to be. And, um, I think it's just just being honest with who you are, and and I, I'm at the point of my life where I'm not really ashamed of it. Um, just clearly here, ready to share it with the world. And what's crazy is I I came out about my anxiety and depression and my mental health struggles in um in Orange Theory class, and um, yeah, I decided that day that I was just I was just gonna tell everybody what I was going through I don't know what made me do it I think it was always a purpose of mine to to have a voice and to just know that you know you see me coming in here every day with this happy face and I have to show up for you guys but there you know in all actuality there's days where they were really showing up for me and Mm. some of those days those classes got me through life and just feeling like I have a purpose um so yeah so just just authentic is just being taking off your mask and and just knowing you don't have to put a front on for anybody because really there's probably so many people just like you shout out to all the Orange Theory members because they really do be like that (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) well you guys know what time it is it's time for us to go into rapid fire now rapid fire is where we ask you three questions and the first thing that comes to mind don't pass go don't follow a friend don't open up no book you can't research I'm not good at this (laughs) first thing that comes to mind are you ready no but I guess I don't have a choice perfect (laughs) Is a hot dog a sandwich? Oh, this is the question. Yeah. Hot dog. This is a sandwich. Wait, what? Is it a sandwich? No, I said hot dog. No. You said hot dog or sandwich. Is (laughs) a hot dog a sandwich? Oh, is a hot dog a sandwich? Yeah, my bad. No. Okay. What is it then? It's a hot dog. <laughs> well, what's his sandwich? It's not. There's no category. It's just its own it's category just, it's by own itself. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Um. Okay. Next question is: Would you rather forever work out a gym where no one showers or uses deodorant, or forever work out a gym that only has treadmills? Only has treadmills. Oh, okay. You don't want to be around no funky people, huh? No, I can't. <laughs> Come on. I know you be sometimes in your classes like. <laughs> like, who is it today? Yeah, oh, no. 
good. Uh, I'll, I'll be great at calisthenics. <laughs> <laughs> um, who do you look up to? Who do I look up to? Hmm. I there's a couple people I look up to, but I will say Nejwa's. I don't know if I'm saying her name properly. Nejwa Zabian, Zabian. I don't know. She um she wrote the book Welcome Home, and that's kind of where my self development. That's like actually my first book I read about self development with kind of putting your home in other people. And she's just very authentically her with how she's do that and how she's still not the woman she wants to be, but she sees this woman. I think it's just because I could relate to her in so many ways. And she's a writer and just a beautiful woman on the inside out. Um, so I would I would definitely say I look up to her. So if you haven't um, read that book, uh, it's called Welcome Home. It's a really good book. You heard it here first. Where can people find you and what do you have going next? So you can find me on my personal account is Taylor by Marie. And then my enough account is enough daily. Same as the podcast where you can find that, like I said, on Spotify and um, Apple Podcasts. And what's next for me is honestly just to keep coming out with content with um, my podcast staying consistent with that. And once you start building out the website, possibly starting uh, blogging on that, and then my next venture would probably to be to um, put some merch out. Once that, you I'll guys heard it here first, yeah. exclusive. She's gonna put some merch out. Maybe I mean the way you're talking, I feel like a book is in the near future. I don't know, I could be wrong. It is. It is. Yes, so. I don't know near, but it, it's <laughs> definitely on my my list of goals. Yeah, Be and people can reach out. out. People can reach out to you to work out with you. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes, they can. Well, oh, Taylor, yeah. this has been amazing. Um, so thankful for you to share your story, and guys, go to her podcast. We'll put it in our show notes. And listen to it, support her, reach out to her, any questions. Taylor, this is awesome. Until next time, be authentic in everything that you do. Peace. Thank you. Peace. What another great one. Uh, it, it was so good, man. So good. Yeah. I, I'm so glad that we got her on the podcast and just her vulnerability to, to share and just hearing her story it's like you know it's really hard to share your story because you don't think anybody can relate but i bits and parts of her story i can relate and i'm sure you can relate with so right. I, i'm 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 anxious and excited to see where she goes with her brand and her podcast mm -hmm. i'm excited yeah i mean the story of the brand of enough and you know how the e is um was strategically done to represent the cutting that she'd gone through like i mean that was just like oh wow and i don't know makes me really want to get get her merch because i know the story behind what what is 
what I'm wearing. Mm. Yeah. And the why, right? She, she right. talked about that and having a why behind it. So, yeah, another great episode. As you guys can see, we don't miss. At we least on miss. the interviews. Yeah. Now, <laughs> on the friendship quiz, which is up next, that's a whole different story. Because you guys know what time it is. It's the quiz of all quizzes. It is the friendship quiz where we're pretty much going to figure out how good of friends we are. You know what? I think this is more of us just learning about each other. How about that? Yes. That, we'll go with that. <laughs> Let's change the narrative of this. <laughs> All right. Tony, this, I think you should know this one. How long, how many years, I would say, have I been growing my locks? Oh, he, he quiet now. He quiet Two now. Years. Two years. Final answer. That, that is actually okay. a hard one. <laughs> um, Sure. We can give you two years. I, I started in 2020. But like, so I, it's like two and a half that I've been growing. In. So I'll, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Thank you. I, I'll take a half point. It's fine. <laughs> like I said, we're... Like we said, we're learning. We're learning. It's, it's all learning, you know. <laughs> so, this is how we progress. There you into go. A better friendship. You said something. It's progression, not, not perfection. perfection. Come on, <laughs> guys. Till next time. Be authentic in everything that you do. Peace. Peace.